0: It's Cofield and Company. company, company, company. Who puts all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. That's uh, shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company. On ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah!
1: Here we go, 5 o'clock hour. Friday, 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 Friday. Everyone gets to chill out and relax this weekend, right? Adam Hill is here. Ari is in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Steve Cofield. Are you chilling this weekend, Adam? I actually just heard you during a break on the phone with your bosses, I guess, at the paper who are demanding that you cover six events tomorrow and have all the stories in by six p. That's not what was happening. Okay, what was uh, happening? I heard. I did hear you talking to someone. You're like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to cover three or four events. I just went sports figure. Well, no, right? I was doing sports <laughs> big?
2: Uh No, they were just making sure I was credentialed for every event that I wanted to go to.
1: Oh, look at you guys covering your bases. Yeah, exactly.
2: What a concept. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> weird.
1: UNLV football. UNLV basketball. VGK hockey. UFC. Sunday night football with the Raiders. Should what a be, weekend. What did I miss? Should be a very there's relaxing. Gotta be some other. There's got to be some other sports stuff live that I missed. I know there is. Should
2: be a very relaxing weekend.
0: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big 5 at 5. Number 5.
1: Cool though, right? And let's be honest, uh outside of the Raiders game, you can probably get tickets for a pretty good price because there's only so many games people can go to. And that's where we are now in Vegas. We got we got a certain size population, we got a certain budget. And uh, when everything gets stacked up, you can actually have a tremendous sports weekend and it
2: can be kind of affordable. Well, you're, I mean, not to rain on that, but it's, I'm, I've been efforting tickets for something for the last few hours. It's not easy for tonight. Oh, tonight? Yeah. A show? Kendrick Lamar.
1: Well, it's different than sporting. <laughs> I know, but it's. How much are tickets for Kendrick Lamar? Price. Really? Yeah. You made a money. Look at all, you, you work all the time. Must be getting bonuses left and right. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. You're like, eh. <laughs> All right, Knights win last night. Uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts from the game, um, yeah, only one problem with this recent run by the Knights, you and many others told me uh, Knights would be okay this year, even with some of the injuries, as long as they stay afloat, because this specific division is going to suck. Wait, what happened to the sucky division? There's some surprises, huh?
2: Yeah, it's also, you know, 14, 15 games into the season. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't expect uh, the Edmonton Oilers to win ten out of every twelve games. If they do, that's a record. Good job. Good job for them. Uh, what about the Kings, the best the team of all time? No, that's that's not sustainable either. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's better than I thought. Better than a lot of people thought for sure. Uh, but I also did think, you know, for several reasons, it was going to be tough for the Golden Knights to get to their point total, even though it was. Um, you know, even though you thought they were going to win the division, I still think the Knights are going to win the division. This is a, It's very interesting. I
1: was looking at uh, projections on one site. Um, Anaheim is sitting with 19 points. They've got an 18% shot of making the playoffs. The Knights are at 16 points. They've got an 85% chance of making the playoffs. And same goes for, say, like Calgary is tied with L.A. in the Pacific. Calgary, 85% chance of making the playoffs. L.A., 26.
2: That's right. Early in the season. These things happen. And so, yeah, we've seen Anaheim and LA both go on massive winning streaks right now. They're both uh, playing out of their minds. I just I don't see that being sustainable. Um, and of course, the Golden Knights were one and four. Now they're up to eight and six, uh, doing what we said they had to do. You have to you know stay around five hundred, a little bit higher, and then try to get everybody back in the lineup and then take off from there. And that's that's what they seem to be doing. Right is it now. possible from an analytics
1: standpoint? I'm not. This is the CBS site, and their uh, whatever their analytics are. They've got Seattle at a 0% chance. I don't think that that can't be a real number and actually Arizona is negative -1%. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry. Not so, negative -1%. Right. Less than. I mistook the okay. uh, the less than. I'm blind. It was very small. Less than 1% chance of making <laughs> sure, it. Sure. Again, possible? I would say it's early, although Arizona has gotten off to
2: one hell of a start at 111 and 1. So you think that 1% less than 1% is inaccurate.
1: Well, it says they've got a better chance than Seattle has a 0% chance.
2: Sure. They could go, they can go on a tear. I, I don't listen. I, I don't think uh, either team is going to be necessarily a factor. Uh, maybe it's slightly higher than that, that their percent chances are, but I'll, I'll trust the formula. Number four.
1: Well, as you mentioned, Knights have won seven of nine. Uh, now they looks like they've got another injury or do we know Is I don't know. Is he going out in a, you know, Jason Mask, like on Halloween, uh, Alec Martinez took fifty plus stitches to the face last night. And so be to, back on Saturday?
2: I'd have to imagine it's fairly tough to uh, to bounce right back. Yeah. From that, but I don't expect to miss a whole lot of time. It's Alec right. Martinez. I think he'd have to cut off both of his legs to keep him off the ice.
1: Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the ins and outs uh, of the game. Uh, we got Rookie stepping up, and and
2: the penalty kill. Penalty kill was really good last night. Uh, they were able to kill off all six penalties, including a five-on-three, including uh, times when you know the the Wild could have gained some momentum um, and really, you know, really changed the the way the game was going uh, with some goals. And it's something that's been an issue for a little bit now, where the Golden Knights have, as Pete DeBoer said last night, basically given up one power play goal a game. And that's not characteristic of a team that's been an elite penalty kill unit for the last couple of years. Uh, now, obviously, just like on the power play and just like in five on five action, a bunch of players being out is not gonna help you. Uh, you know, you've got guys that are usually penalty killers and are, are not out there. And then, you know, last night, even with Alec Martinez out, they're able to go out there and, you know, kill off a penalty. William Carlson, of course, not not out there right now. So uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But last night I thought uh, stayed organized, stayed disciplined. And uh, we're able to find a way to kill off those penalties. And uh, I think that could give them some momentum going forward. And as you mentioned, rookies stepping up. Um, You know, Romberg was hilarious last night of the game, very soft-spoken with his goal. Um, And I think uh, made some fans uh, after after the game with uh, just uh, how kind of quiet and uh, reserved he was uh, after that goal. And then, you know, Paul Cotter had just a spectacular goal uh, coming down the right side, made a move, got to the net and, uh, you know, really, really impressive in his goal as well. So to have two guys score their first ever goal in the same game, um, it's what this team needs right now because they don't have all their guys. They're going to need these these youngsters to step up. But I think it was fun for everybody to kind of see that last night.
1: The present counts. The future counts. Jack Eichel, surgery today?
2: Went well from all reports. All right, Dr. Hill? Um, I wasn't there. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't performing the surgery, but uh, his surgeon. Has spoken to some people and said went. They thought it went well. They said uh, his, the disc that they removed was a quote mess, <laughs> worse than they thought it was oh, wow. uh, when they took it out. But then they put the uh, artificial one back in. You know, for those that haven't been paying attention, this was the surgery was the holdup with Buffalo. He was available because he wanted this surgery that he got today. Buffalo wanted to get him a, wanted him to get a different one. There was a dispute between them and it was irreconcilable so basically buffalo said we have to trade you and whoever takes you is going to have to let you get this surgery if, if you want to still get it and that's what it did so in in the past they would take a disc out if there was a disc that was uh messed up they would take it out and then fuse the vertebrae together above it and below it basically just take it out and forget it and then you know sew your uh, vertebrae together which is horrifying sounding and a lot of players have said yeah it works for a while um range of motion a little bit limited but at least you know the pain gets to a point where you can play again and move forward and then maybe after career not that great and jack eichel has spoken to some guys and they've all said hey this works now it's fairly new hasn't been tried on an nhl player before um i did write a story the other day ufc former champion chris weidman had this done um he said absolute game changer he said of all the surgeries he's had this was the easiest one that he had really Uh, they they dropped basically a fake disc in there an artificial one uh so that you can still have the full range of motion now again could in 20 years could this be bad could this impact you sure the 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 research isn't necessarily there it's a fairly new surgery but um everyone that i talked to uh was huge proponents of this way um and you know expected to go what you know I, i asked a couple of people why is there if this is so much better, why is there a fight? And what I was told is well, they have all this history of this other surgery actually getting players back on the ice. And what do they care what your life is like down the road? Which is true. And when the new one, nobody's done it. So they don't really have that evidence to say, okay, this is going to work. So there is some skepticism. Um, and it, because it's a business, all they want is you on the ice. Uh, so the Golden Knights allowed this to happen. I think it could change the way this. Procedure is kind of done in athletes going forward if it works with Jack Eichel. And uh, right now, they thought it went pretty well.
1: Number three. Big news yesterday we talked about. Very exciting. Full go-ahead. Outdoor NHL All-Star Weekend Festivities. Skills competition. This is very exciting.
2: Wait, you're not answering. What's going on? What? I mean... What, what's the traffic going to be like? What do you mean? Are we going to close streets for this? Where are they putting it? Do we know? On the strip it sounds like. They're trying they're trying to close down the strip for a couple of days. For a couple of days. That's like I mean I guess you're going to put the, one. I guess you're going to put a it's going to be a hockey rink
1: out there, right? Yeah. So I guess you're going to put together a hockey rink. You're going to want a couple of days, not just it goes in there for a couple hours <laughs> probably probably quite <laughs> the undertaking, close down for 3 hours. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> I get I guess one question is how do you keep it
2: cold? Way beyond me. I just listen. I can break down complex surgical procedures. Uh, I can't break down how to keep bikes cold. So you're looking
1: at this as too much of a hassle. Are there people who actually drive up and down the strip who are going to be pissed off? Like, does do any locals
2: drive up and down the strip? You know, it's not just the strip. It's gonna. It'll be like that off ramp on Flamingo will back up all of 15. It'll back up all from Tropicana will back up all of 15. Okay, it's gonna be everything. Yeah, maybe. You know how it's gonna be.
1: Well, I don't. I don't know what the plan is. And I don't know where it's going to be, but I don't see why all of a sudden you'd have to shut down any part of TROP or or Flamingo.
2: Well, it, you won't shut it down, but it'll back it up. All right. As, long as, as long as
1: it, it, it just don't mess with Harmon. That's my new, <laughs> I love that. Oh, Yo,
2: You I, think that's going to be scot-free? I don't know. So you just zip in and out of Harmon? I don't know where
1: the rink is going to go, but I'm just saying don't mess with freaking Harmon. It sounds very miracle cool.
2: road in this valley. It sounds very cool. It would be a cool way to show off the city on TV. If you're gonna have an All-Star game in Vegas, you probably should do this. Let's do it, I guess. But please hope it's not a day that I have to drive down.
1: Number two,
2: and we finally got
1: to it. Yes, if it's a hassle for you, then you're not enthusiastic. That's about what it. I
2: said from the beginning. I just wanted you
1: to state it plainly. All right, John Gruden ain't happy. Wasn't happy. He resigned. Um, yeah, as we strongly suggested at the time, this was an NFL deal. They strategically, we thought, uh, put out. The emails of Friday, and then once the weekend passed and John Gruden coached the Bears game, then more emails come out on Monday. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is mentioned in this lawsuit. He's filing in Nevada District Court, and he's saying that, hey, there was a malicious and orchestrated campaign, or at least his attorneys are, that led to his resignation last month.
2: Yeah, in that, you know, part of what is alleged, um, again, not surprising, but spelled out in the lawsuit, is that. The Friday release was to get him to quit or be fired. And they put out one email and said, behind the scenes, here's one. We've got a bunch more. If nothing's done by Sunday, get ready. And then Monday, nothing has happened. He's still the coach. He actually says Monday, time to move on. And shortly after that press conference is over, a deluge of new emails comes out and then the move has to be made. So, um, he's saying it was basically a calculated move to get him out of the league. I'm more than certain the league will try to settle this cause they don't want this to go, uh, to court because then I would imagine just, uh, in our, based on our conversations we've had with Justin and us being amateur lawyers now over the, over the years, that if it goes to court, you go to discovery and Gruden's side says, all right, we want all the emails. What else do you got? What else did you not put out? Yep. And the last thing the NFL wants is all of these emails coming out, so they will pay him off but just make it Is forward.
1: there any doubt in anyone's mind that Dan Snyder is in these 650,000 emails saying what Gruden said in his, his emails too? I don't even know what the great is. there any doubt in anyone's mind?
2: Well, I don't I don't know.
1: I want to see him. Yeah, sure. Let's see what a sweetheart Dan Snyder is.
2: Well, like, like I said. What a good I, guy he is. I want to
1: women and you know minorities and the – the, uh, the
2: protests and all that. I want the innocuous ones. I want the, <laughs> hey, what do you think? Dinner, six o'clock, Cheesecake Factory? Like, no, I don't like that place. Let's go. Like, I, I, Those are the emails I want. I want to read those. I think they will be great. By the way, on a very related note, has, has this changed anything about your email habits?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I don't think I really thought about it. In terms of what? Crushing people or... Using anything. And I, mean, I, I don't I never I, I actually did searches for stuff just for uh, just to see, right? And I'm I was pretty confident there's no uh, you know, racial stuff in there. Um, well, and I told you when I the 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 one word that I use all the time are C bombs in in my notes. And I'm sure. like, Yeah, I probably shouldn't. And I don't really send, I don't wouldn't send that to someone. Right. But uh, but you you guys you, you know it's funny, if you notice, when I send you rundowns, because um, we put together a whole rundown before the show, I will cuss all over the rundown or put Quotes of cusses and most times I actually put an asterisk in yeah asterisk in for the cusses because I'm like well now could someone easily change that and be like this guy's a foul mouth sure
2: sure well I'll tell you mine the other day I'm my friends are are coming to Vegas for a bachelor party and there's a planning email going on and I haven't sent an email in the group at all I'm just part of you know I'm getting the emails and somebody made a joke that wasn't over the top offensive But it wasn't even like it wasn't sexist or racist or anything like that. It was just it was a a weird joke. Yeah. And I looked at it and said, "Okay," and and I just thought of Gruden. And I I said, I don't first of all, I'm not going to respond to this. And also, like, do I send an email saying, please take me out of this? Or like, how do you respond to that? How do you how do you react to that? And this is completely a, you know, based on this situation of covering it, writing about it. And just putting myself in a position of saying like, I, again, I wasn't offended. I don't think most people would be offended by the joke, but it was just one of those things that was like, yeah, I don't want to be in this. And I saw a headline in my mind of like, you know, Las Vegas media person involved in or included in these emails. And I was like, I I don't, I don't know how to handle that. I don't know what you're supposed to do now. Um, So it's it's a weird spot. I think that a lot of people are maybe thinking about more uh, that they're in this. And as you said, I know you've done this for a while of. If there's a quote or something in, in a email that we exchange of like a story, like, hey, this person said this, editing the quote in the email because you don't want it to be taken out of context at some point down the road, potentially. Um, I think people should be thinking about these things and should be should be examining some of those behaviors that other people have around you, even if it's not yours.
1: Number one. Right, we've talked to all different football experts and we've talked a lot about the Chiefs and the Raiders and it keeps coming up that hey the Raiders set up the blueprint last year and they were really effective in two spots uh against the Chiefs you know the the two high safeties and kind of everything's underneath and he's got a dink and dunk and and then you got you know the uh, the edge rusher especially Max Crosby splitting out one of the tackles real wide and then you come in today and you're like yeah that's all great and it's awesome that other teams have used that
2: but it's not what the Raiders do now yeah first of all I disagree with the premise I mean wasn't I have to go back and look. Wasn't the first Raiders game forty to thirty-two? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's what it was. No, it was slowly the, slowly <laughs> right. allowing the it's, bleeding to go. It's on. the Buccaneers. Yeah. It's the Buccaneers that designed the blueprint for how to do this. Um, it, it's it's very clear that that's what happened. Now, what the Raiders did, and you know, we just we just had the conversation uh, that we were you know just on the show right now. Um, yes, get rushing for. And dropping seven and getting to the quarterback with four is massive, and that is something that the Raiders can do. They should be able to do that on Sunday. That's a big part of it. But what the Buccaneers designed and what they did uh, to the Chiefs is really what everybody has copied, and that is the two deep safety and then also coverage to the outside to the sidelines. Uh, and not letting them have the sideline throws either, and just saying everything's in the middle of the field. And if you want to go three yards, four yards, five yards, four yards, three yards, and work your way down the field, fine. And if you want to run the ball against us, you'll probably gash the defense. But we don't think the Chiefs are going to do that. That's what teams have said, and they've been right. The Chiefs have continued to try to take, take deep shots, which aren't there against this this system. Uh, they will not run the ball. They refuse. They run the ball less than any team in the league. Um, and that's what they should be doing is the defense, but they won't. And defenses are challenging them to, to try to beat them, and they won't do it. So that's what we've seen. Now, the Raiders, yes, they have the part of that defense down where you can get pressure with four guys, and that's going to help. But they do not play that way. Uh, you know, Abram plays in the box most of the game. And so there is going to be different looks open to the Chiefs if the Raiders continue to play that way. Uh, but I don't know. I think that they're... Based on, you know, I directly asked us Bradley about it yesterday. Um, he spoke in so many circles. It was hilarious because I thought what he was see- speaking. I was like, is he saying anything? And then I went back and, and transcribed. it. I was like, that's awesome. He did not he answer just, my question. He just did the run around with you. Right. And I was like, that's great. And I don't expect him to <laughs> say like, like yes, this is what we're going to do against them. Like, right. you don't want to tell that she's what you're going to do. But I, I am interested in exactly how the Raiders attack it. Do they use the blueprint that everybody else has used? And by the way, look at the percentages. The, the amount of two deep safety looks that the Chiefs have gotten. The highest that Mahomes had ever seen in his career is like 54%. This year, 81% of dropbacks, he's seen that look. And that's what is working against him. But that's not what the Raiders play. So do they come out and borrow some of that blueprint? Do they mix it up a little bit? Or do they say, hey, this is what we do. We've played this way, and it's been successful. And it's Gus Bradley's had success against Mahomes in the past with this defense. So does he stick with what he does? Or do you borrow from the blueprint that everybody else has used and has been successful? I think that's the story of this game. So
1: this is really cool going on this weekend on Sunday. You know, we got the Chiefs fans in town uh, for the first time being able to get into the game. And, of course, the Raiders fans don't like the Chiefs fans. But one thing we all like is barbecue. And Starbase is actually uh, holding a rib and sauce-off competition. This is pretty cool. It starts at 1030, goes until uh, into the 2 o'clock hour. They got a pro barbecue sauce and – ribs battle um it's all backed by boulevard brewing which is the uh, biggest brewery best known brewery in kansas city it's on diablo diablo is my favorite street that's kind of that pass-through street right that you have to walk to if you're not right by the stadium it's on diablo so they got this uh event with the best pit masters in the business to get tickets for it and they're inexpensive tickets but what a great time you get to eat all this great barbecue food the sauce and they got boulevard brewing there as well before the chiefs And the Raiders game, you go to StarbaseLV.com. Just go to the upcoming events page. It's Starbase, S-T-A-R-B-A-S-E, StarbaseLV.com.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, Mm 570-9000. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Studio. Um,
1: Steven Adam, Cofield and Company here on this Friday, big sports weekend in Vegas. And, you know, it's one thing to have all the teams playing because that's, you know, there's going to be a lot of crossover, especially now the college football and college basketball are here, but they're all, they're all in town. Like there's no, no road game. So the Golden Knights, UNLV football going up against Hawaii, UNLV basketball against Cal a little bit after that tomorrow. And then the Sunday night football game with the Chiefs taking on, the Raiders uh, let's do a little fact finding here on Cal and actually a little football too, Cal football. Cause it's, it's kind of turned into a mess, uh, but Cal basketball is coming in and they had a rough year with COVID last year, just like UNLV did. Mark Fox is a guy that we're familiar with from his days at Reno, good coach, but he's had trouble turning it around here through, you know, basically what's amounted to like a year and three quarters. And uh, the guy who covers Cal sports, with Learfield, you're going to hear him on the games. If you're a Cal fan, you know him. It's uh, Todd McKim is up with Stephen Adam in Vegas. Todd, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: We're good. We're good. So before we get to basketball, um, what is happening with football? Because I think, you, you know, you do the football as well, right? Are you part of the football broadcast team? I am
0: part of the broadcast. I'm usually down on the field. So what's happening? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure I have a great answer, but I'll give you the best that I've got. As of right now, obviously, uh, COVID infection. The uh, last week, uh, twenty-four players plus an additional ten coaches and staff members missed the game at Arizona because of uh, COVID testing that week. Um, a few more players tested positive this week, and so our game with USC that was scheduled for tomorrow in Berkeley has been rescheduled to Saturday, to December the uh fourth uh in berkeley so we're hoping next week to have enough players to both practice and play because it's the big game it's the rival game with stanford next week at stanford so that's that's what's next on the list how many guys are practicing how many are not practicing i don't know at this point in time but hopefully we'll have most of those guys back next week
1: So what has it been like all year long for Cal football to prep for these games and try to stay safe from COVID but also adhere to local regulations? Well,
0: it's probably been similar to just about everybody else. I mean, the one thing that they have not done is test on a weekly basis. I think there have been some programs that have. Some have not. But, uh, you know, when it popped up uh, two weeks ago, tomorrow actually, one player had to miss the game because of COVID. I think that's when, you know, the red flags came up and then all of a sudden – everybody had to get tested despite the fact that all the I think one or two players on the team had been vaccinated and then it just kind of went uh, it went crazy after that. but you know we really hadn't had any problems that we know of on a, on a weekly basis. Um, if players had had it they must they had to have been asymptomatic and they weren't testing them on a regular basis. So it's kind of been I mean different than last year when they tested all the time but this year, you know they hadn't uh, had the need to do such, but when they did it uh, it just blew up so who had
2: a more disappointing week Cal basketball or cal football? <laughs> How about the announcers we had to do
0: both okay <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would i would uh, that's I would say football in some respects in that Cal had just won two in a row they had started one and one and six they won two in a row. Including beating a, a pretty good Oregon State team, and they you know, you go to Arizona, which has really struggled this year. I mean, if if they have all their troops in the fold, uh, I'd be I would have been stunned if Cal hadn't won that by multiple scores. Then you would won three in a row, and then you go to the final three games of the year with with a chance maybe to have a winning season. Go to a bowl game against the three California schools. So, and the way it happened, probably more discouraging, you know, because you. You had the COVID testing, then maybe basketball, first game of the year. I mean, you obviously think you can beat UC San Diego, but they played really well. Give them credit. They shot really well in the second half. But I would say football was probably the most disappointing in the weekend. So in terms of basketball,
2: that got the opener uh, against UC San Diego, lost that game, UC San Diego 47-30 in the second half. Uh, to kind of pull away there seemed like Andre Kelly was a factor up front. Jordan Shepard in the backcourt went for 27 points, but other than that uh, didn't get that supporting cast to step up. Is that what happened? Oh yeah.
0: That's a, that's a fair way to assess it. We had five players missing because of injury too, but that's on a squad that's got 15 scholarship players. So they still had 10. And Most of the guys that they had um, were, were players that are in the regular rotation anyway, but uh, really impressed with, Jordan Shepard, kind of ad, as advertised, a real crafty player. He's, he's been around the block. His fifth year started his career, ironically at Oklahoma. Who else yeah. is from Oklahoma in the last couple of years? Well, Coach Kruger was at Oklahoma for a couple of years, so I'm sure he, he's got some words about Jordan Shepard. Good player at the guard position, more a scorer than necessarily a three point shooter. My early estimation, having only seen him in the one game in an exhibition game, and uh, Andre Kelly is just a sol- he's a solid player. Had a double double. Um, he's one of the all-time career leaders in field goal percentage, but most of his shots come from around the basket. Kind of a big, burly guy at six foot, I'd say six foot eight, probably 250. Uh, Pretty good footwork, and he can face up and shoot the basketball from anywhere from 15 to 18 feet. But the big disappointment, you hate to pin it on one guy, that's not really fair, but Grant Antisovich, young man from Sydney, He's a good shooter. I mean, you've just seen him knock down shots all the time, but he just really struggled in that opening game. He was only 2 of 10, I think, from the field, Oh for 4 downtown. He's better than that. You know, most basketball teams need three, three guys in double figures to have a chance, and they just didn't You know, have Grant to chip in uh, to get his 12 to 15 points. So they're definitely going to need him to step it up tomorrow against the running Rebels if they have a chance to win the game.
1: Of the five guys who are out, who can be major contributors and do they expect any to be back for tomorrow's game?
0: Yeah, not sure. They practiced yesterday. We were unable to attend that practice traveling today so I'm not sure. But the, the two guys that were in the rotation last year that did not play would be um, uh, Jalen Celestine. I would mm-hmm. I would doubt that he would play in the game this week. He, he had a real serious um, leg injury that forced him to miss his senior year two years ago, and then this past summer he had some additional surgery to kind of correct that. So he, he will not be – I wouldn't expect him to be uh, available to play. But Mikhail Foreman is the one guy that could help him because he can shoot it. He's about 6'1", 6'2", really strong kid. Again, he's a he's a graduate to transfer plus one, and so his sixth year in essence. And he can shoot it from deep. and can also play a little bit of point guard. He's had an injury. We're just not sure how quickly – that lower body injury is going to come back. So I would I would say doubtful tomorrow, but I'm going out on a little bit of a limb there.
1: We're talking to Todd McKim, who's uh, part of the uh, Cal broadcast team. And, uh, you know, we got to see UNLV up there a couple of years ago, and UNLV actually played really well and then just kind of collapsed uh, down the stretch. And I'll tell you, the guy who killed him in that overtime victory was Matt Bradley, and that's got to be a freaking yep. bummer that he moved on. And, well the Rebels are going to see him because he's at San Diego State. He is a hell of a player. And the other thing is he – I mean, you talk about a guy who looks like a man playing college basketball,
0: big dude. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a linebacker to me or maybe even a tight end, big, strong – and he's always been that way. I mean, he stepped on the campus first. day. I remember when uh, they recruited him, it was like, well, we actually maybe have to keep him away from the weight room because he just right. – ready to go from day number one um obviously he had a big game last year had the 20 or two years ago 23 points um and and he kind of did everything that you would hope a guy would do when he was here for three years i mean he was on some pretty bad basketball teams and and i really like Matty. i think he's a terrific kid and so uh, ending up at san diego state probably good for him and he's already gotten a number of accolades preseason wise and he's trying to you know play well enough to go to the next level, which I think he can. He could create his own shot. That's probably the one thing, other than maybe Jordan Shepard to some extent, don't really have a lot of guys on this team that can create their own shots. And, and in doing so, draw fouls and get the other team in foul trouble, get to the bonus, etc. He was really, really good at that. So I wish him nothing but the best. I really like the young man and hope he has a great career. This will be an
1: interesting battle because the, the Rebels are not big and uh if they wanted to go bigger they can't right now because one of their key players is hurt who plays a a big position so this is kind of going to be a battle of big v small and uh, you know then the battle turns into like who can dictate pace and who can make the other team change their lineup
0: yeah and who can put the ball in the basket uh, you know both teams that's struggled true. opening night right but who can put the oh, ball yeah. in the basket so that's always kind of the case with things who can who can score and play offense at a high level of efficiency uh, so that'll be the key. And the other key, I, I would think, for Cal, knowing kind of what the Kevin Kruger likes to do defensively with the, the athleticism, et cetera, is the turnover department. Um, can Joel Brown, the Cal point guard, and the backups, Jared Heide, can they, can they not turn the ball over a lot and let the running revs be true to their nickname? I think that's probably as big a key as any. Can you get into offense and execute with some kind of efficiency? And we'll see who does it best.
1: Joel, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on on short notice. Enjoy the short trip to Vegas, and we'll see you out of the game tomorrow night. Look forward to it.
0: We'll see you guys. Bye-bye.
1: There he is, Todd McKim, who's on the Cal broadcast. has been on there for a long time on both football and basketball. Their basketball team, I think, has the potential to be decent this year. Obviously, you don't want to come out of the gates losing to freaking UC San Diego. <laughs> um, and the Shepard kid, you know, can he replace Bradley completely? Probably not, but he can be their leading scorer. All of that said, while the Rebels pull things together and you know Jordan McCabe's going to play tomorrow, he can play in the first game. He's one of the guys on the point guard mix from West Virginia. I don't know if Victor Awoker is going to play. The uh, 6-7 transfer from Oklahoma kind of got a day-to-day thing today when we talked to Kevin Krueger. Uh, that said, they, they need to win this game.
2: Yeah, sizable favorite in the game.
1: What's the line do you have in front of Uh game? I just saw
2: six and a half. Okay.
1: And the reason I say that we, they need to win the game, it's not an easy game, but... They have such a bear of a schedule yeah. coming up. No pun intended, I guess. You know, beyond the Bears, <laughs> but you're looking. First of all, North Dakota State is not is a good program. They've made the NCAA tournament two years in a row. They, they've built like, yeah, you know, I know they have the the great football tradition. They've built a pretty good basketball tradition. So that is not a a freaking easy game to start the week. And then next weekend they got Michigan guaranteed, and then they're going to play Wichita or Arizona, and then go beyond that to the following weekend, and they've got UCLA.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's tough, and and when you got when you are looking at that, yeah, you got to stack up the wins, and you have to find ways to beat, you know, power five schools. Even though in in basketball, in particular, power five doesn't really mean that much because there is so many good schools outside of that. Like, it makes a difference for getting the fans back in there, getting you know people excited about the program. You have to beat power five schools. Like Gardner Webb, I think right now is a better team than Cal, but people will be more impressed with a win over Cal than Gardner Webb.
0: More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live in the Finley Toyota Studios. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: You bet NFL futures, or do you just stay out of NFL? You bet games, right? As long as they're not the Raiders? Sure. Okay. Um... I was looking at NFL futures at the midpoint mark about uh, yes, no playoffs. And I thought there were some pretty interesting numbers in terms of writing off certain teams and just assuming others were going to get in. I think there's some value in these markets. Like which teams? Um, I thought the Chargers were valued way too high as a team that was or is going to make the playoffs. How do you feel about the Chargers right now?
2: I thought about it. I actually uh, did our friend's show in Kansas City today, and uh, he did the rapid-fire questions at the end. and so tough. I get, I tough. Well, he said, who's winning the division? And I said, Chargers. Thought about it. Probably would have said Chiefs if I had to think about it again. I've got
1: multiple bets on the Chiefs around even money, and then I got one at plus 190. Now they think they're like plus 165. Yeah. The Chargers know to make the playoffs. And I know it's seven deep now, but the no to make the playoffs is plus 310. I'm like, they might miss the playoffs. Minus 380, yes, for a five and three team that can't really defend the run, can't run the ball between the tackles. I like their coach, but he's still learning on the job. They've been up and down. They've been inconsistent, and frankly, they could have lost that game last week against the Eagles.
2: Sure. Uh, now I know, you know, one of the things I was looking at when I was writing how important uh, to to the percentages this game between the Chiefs and the Raiders is this week. In terms of what it does for win, prob- or playoff probability, if you win and if you lose, um, I did notice the Chargers. I believe at home in the next two weeks, so they have a good chance to start to. While these other teams are kind of playing each other and beating each other up potentially, they have a chance to build a little bit of a cushion. Uh, but yeah, they still have to go out and win the games, and they've shown, uh, you know, at times that they don't win the games that they're supposed to win. So yeah, I think it's it's a bit extreme of a price on the yes there. Uh, but this division is going to be wild down the stretch. Bottom of the
1: NFC, and the number already changed. That I was looking at Panthers and Eagles. Yes, to make the playoffs. Like the Eagles have to make a good comeback here, but they're in a crappy division. Um, Panthers to make the playoffs, and they're half game out right now. Lost column um, plus nine hundred, and the Eagles actually from yesterday to today went from plus seven fifty to make the playoffs to plus five hundred. So someone's playing
2: that. Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with schedule too, right? Like yeah. you can look at a you can look at a record and say, oh, where are they? Where are they at? Like. You know, you talk about the uh, the Bills and the Patriots. Now, the Patriots are within a half game. They're, they're right there. But the Bills play nobody. Well,
1: Denver now has some issues. So, all of a sudden, people are looking at the Eagles game against yeah. Denver, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that's a win. Sure. I mean, it was a close spread anyway to begin with.
2: Yeah, Two and a half. All right.
1: Just a market I was thinking about. Yeah, On sure. the way back, I do want to get into uh, the latest numbers on the Raiders, and then we'll get into a little more breakdown of the Chiefs in town against your Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, reminder, Sunday morning, 8 a.m., Sunday football preview show, the one of the best. Uh, no, the best gambling show on Sunday mornings. It goes back like 15 years. Uh, this weekend, our guy Adam Hill will be hosting with Willie Ramirez with all the last-second line moves and injury notes, and then – Right as the show ends on ESPN Las Vegas, Football Central opens up. Smoke free environment. You got food and drinks right there with the full bar, all the 4K HD screens. I think they're it's kind of the same thing, right? The 4K screens, <laughs> assume it's an HD, in the theater with 1,500 seats.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> Cofield and Company presents. Mega, hey, 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 hey. mega. Grab bag.
2: Don't touch it. Don't
0: even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All
1: right, let's close out the show with a giveaway. 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller 7. We'll get a tailgate tray from Porta Subs. That's a six-foot sub all chopped up. How about that? For a big football weekend, you can get your own tailgate tray. At any of the twenty-plus porta subs around Las Vegas, you also qualify here for one of those Yeti coolers. Man, those are cool. I saw one of those on uh, on Yellowstone. You like Yellowstone?
2: No. I mean, I don't know. I, you I gotta said, watch it. I, I don't watch it. I guess yeah, you gotta you watch know, it right now. No TV. What's going on here? I, I'm in between my different services, so right now I got I have no TV. I watch so much YouTube and Netflix and NFL Game Pass oh, anyway. Wow. <laughs> like during the season, I don't really need TV.
1: 3641100, color 7. Giveaway is courtesy of Porta Subs and our friends at Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Um, I keep mentioning Yellowstone because I started watching it again on the show and no one else watches it. It's weird. Um, but there's a couple of good characters on it. First of all, uh, Beth, the femme, femme fatale, I can't say it, femme, femme fatale, fatale. Uh, is dynamite. And then uh, I won't say if she has a relationship with this guy, but Rip is like the best character going on TV. Okay.
2: Because
1: he's he's the head of the ranch hands on this big ranch, and he just yells and curses at everyone. I love his management style. And he, he's got no patience for anyone. You're not allowed to have fun. It's great.
2: Can, I'll give you my quick TV and story. He also
1: punches a lot of people in the face and just pistol whips folks and takes one of those branding irons and beats people down.
2: What a good character! My quick TV story is the show that I'm really watching right now. I I still watch the finale when I get TV back. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's based on real life events, and a lot of the people that were in the show that maybe didn't come across that great, I was with this week.
1: What's going on here?
2: Very weird. Very weird. Uh, It's the FX American Crime Story impeachment.
1: Oh yeah, you told me to watch that. All right,
2: and I was around some of the people from the show this week in New York. That's kind of cool. Well, I had to be very careful not to not to bring it up. Not to blurt it out? Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw when... Oh, no, no. <laughs> Better not say that. Did you ever get to be around Stassi? No. You never did? Well, at a like at a fight, but oh, not okay. like in social setting. Right. All right. That was St- another... Stassi.
1: Stassi, Stassi, whatever. Your favorite show. Sure. It's ridiculous.
2: Well, everybody got fired, so I'm off. That's it? Like, everyone's gone. They brought in a new crew, and you have no interest. Well, first of all, they all they all got married, moved to the suburbs, so the show is not really the show anymore. It's right. different. Uh, but yeah, then everybody got fired, and now it's t- totally a different show.
1: So I was just mentioning
2: betting odds
1: to make the playoffs. Uh, what do you what do you think about the adjusted win total now? Raiders were seven and a half, eight coming into the season. They're five and three. Uh, I told you the uh, you know the day the schedule came out, ten and seven. Sure. So I'm in decent shape here. Raiders adjusted win totals now nine.
2: Yeah. And I know uh, Football Outsiders does the fifty thousand projections every week, and right now they have them winning nine. They're, there they're right there. So right. schedule's fairly tough down the stretch. The division is really good. They're all within. They're all within like point six wins of each other. It's so crazy, the balance.
1: Yeah, and the way the stories have developed, and you know different things have derailed each of the teams in some
2: ways. Um, Raiders running game this weekend. Do they gash the Chiefs? They should try. The offensive line has been better. Uh, you know, four weeks now into the reworked offensive line, and the last two has been the first two times that they've gone over four yards a carry all season long. Last week was their best running performance yet. Uh, I would imagine, uh, even though it's a different Chiefs, uh, you know, less dynamic Chiefs, you know, less big plays. I still think keeping them off the field is probably the best bet. So I would expect that the Raiders do try to run the ball quite a bit. Josh Jacobs had some burst last week. It's some good stiff arms, too. Sure.
1: like the stiff arm. Uh, interesting conversation of the week to close on. McAfee with a uh, Rap Sheet Guy. Uh, the push is now on for 18
2: games. 18-game 18 schedule and four expansion teams. Wow. Who would get expansion teams? Uh, I had this list earlier. London, of course. Uh, St. Louis, which would settle the lawsuit. I think that's the, the reason sure. they're going to have expansion. Huh. Uh, I thought Mexico City maybe was getting one. I can't, the- I can't remember. Louisville? I can't remember. Really? I can't
1: remember. I'll right, we'll have to build I'm on just this. throwing things up. I'll and- we'll have to build on this for next week. Make sure on Saturday, you listen to both UNLV basketball and UNLV football starts with football. One o'clock against Hawaii, right here on ESPN, Las Vegas.